Welcome to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Travis Jones. I'm here with Jason Barrett. How are you doing, Jace? Doing well, man. Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. And we are in episode one. This is the Fit Dad Club podcast where we help dads have more energy, lose weight, transform their bodies, and get in the best shape of their life. And this is tips, tricks, and things to do as the constraints of dads are slightly different. It was different for me back when I was in my 20s to having two boys. And Jace, I'm sure with a newborn now, it's going to be different for you getting your fitness, your training, your nutrition um, together with young family as well, mate. So I'm glad to have you on the episode. How, how have you been today? Yeah, good. Um, baby slept through the night, which does help the uh, the whole process of being a fit dad, but went for a nice big family walk this morning. And um, yeah, I'm excited to, to get into it and to share some tips for everybody because as you said, there's so many differences about being a dad, specifically the relationship you have to manage with the wife or you know maybe the ex-partner if things didn't go as well. Uh, same thing with the kids, managing the time with them and managing you know food and all the other stuff that goes into it. They're all the other constraints that a, a single guy in a batch pad just does doesn't have and the, the single personal trainer who uh, who lives alone telling you that you need to train six times a week and and prep all your meals and do all this stuff just maybe doesn't 100% get it. So we want to be that resource for you from a mindset, nutrition and fitness perspective to help get you, as we said, in the best shape of your life. I think so. And it's also having someone that's relatable. We know what you're going through mm. and we also understand the constraints so we can help you manage and uh, essentially have that roadmap from point A to point B going through the detours that is a transformation as a dad, not feeling selfish for training, but also understanding um, how to train and fit it into your lifestyle, given all the constraints that you do have and everything on your plate. Today, we're talking about goal setting, and I don't want to just talk about goal setting in the old-fashioned smart goals that, you know, Jace will talk about exactly what smart goal is in a second, but I don't want to go through the smart goal route because – if it was as simple as setting some goals and then everyone just achieved the goals, then, well, everyone would have abs and feel great and have abundance in energy, but that's just not the reality. We're in a society where there is more overweight or obese people than there is fit people. And I think that's because there is a distinct breakdown between wanting to achieve something, which is essentially setting a goal and actually closing the gap between the two and achieving the goal. And that's what we're we're going to cover a little bit today, which is how to set proper goals and also how to follow through to be able to achieve them. So tell me, Jace, why do you think the, the traditional goal setting um, you know, route is you know, a little bit outlived and maybe doesn't work as well as it should? Well, there's a few things that are wrong with it, right? And if you've never heard of a SMART goal before, um, specific, measurable, attainable, uh, realistic, and time-sensitive. And like, there's a couple of different there's a couple of different ways, a couple of different, I guess, elements to it that are good, right? Obviously, you want something to be very specific and you need to have a very clear and specific goal in mind. Um, it needs to be realistic, but too many people don't really know what realistic is for them because they may not have achieved it before. So in the process of setting that realistic goal, they end up kind of beating themselves up a little bit by setting that goal. Cause like I've already, the mental self-talk is already, I've never achieved that before. I've never done that before. So their idea of realistic is kind of brought back in. And then it's like, well, then it becomes an unsexy goal. Yeah. And a goal is unsexy when it's either feels unattainable or it's just not that motivating, right? Losing two kilos over the course of the year, that's not a really sexy goal, right? You can, you do that after a good trip to the bathroom. Um, you don't like that doesn't actually make you excited to want to do the actions that are involved. And too many people get so focused on the goal, but they don't get really a bit of, they don't get enough of an idea of the process and the actual steps that it will take them. And 
being flexible in that approach to get to the end goal. It's just, this is my goal. I'm going to do the first thing that Google tells me to do. Uh, and if that doesn't work, well, shit, I'm just never, I'm not motivated enough or I'm just never going to achieve it. Right. 100% agree. I think like, you know, the old goal thing has been done to death. Um, you know, if we knew the system, everyone would have achieved it. But instead, we do need goals. Like we're theological beings, like happy people have goals. If we look at all the science as far as, you know, being, you know, wellness and having fulfillment and feeling fantastic or, you know, the hierarchy of needs, like we want progress and we want to move forward in life. And that actually gives us a sense of fulfillment. So we do need to, you know, grab a flag and put that flag on top of the mountain and we want to walk towards that flag. And that's essentially gives us the fulfillment that we are moving forward. But the problem is getting from that point A to point B, you know, actually getting from fat to fit or from, you know, not your best self to your best self. Like that's the thing. We need to be able to choose a pathway. And I think to start with, you need to understand that it is a choice, right? You're choosing every single day. One, okay, I want to have a joy, essentially a goal that excites me. I want to have a goal that, you know, makes me want to wake up in the morning and choose the ability to follow through my nutrition, follow through with my training, follow through even when I don't want to. Like we need goals that, that do excite us, but we also need to make sure that, you know, they are inside of constraints like we talked about earlier today. So I think we need to go, okay, in one year's time, Okay, if I look back, me and you were sitting here and it was 2024, January 24, and we were like, okay, you had the best year ever. You know, you hit your nutrition, you hit your training, the stars aligned. What would have achieved? What would, would have happened? Like, would you have gotten those abs? Would you have lost 15 kilos? Would you have done a marathon? I don't know. You tell me what your goals are, something that actually excites you, and then how that actually changed your life because you achieved those goals. Now, okay, cool. Does that goal excite you? Yes, it does. Okay, that's all we have to know. If it excites you, then we get to reverse engineer because the biggest thing is, like, you know, we need to reverse engineer. We need to understand what we need to be doing on a daily basis. And we need to move forward towards that mountain that we're climbing. Because if we're not climbing there, right, we're climbing in the same trajectory we're currently doing. So if you're putting on about three or four kilos a year and another year, be about three or four kilos heavier. So all of a sudden, instead of being 10 kilos or 20 kilos overweight, you're 24. And then you're 28. And then all of a sudden, we're 32. And every single year, the, the glimmer of hope starts to disappear that, yes, I can get into the best shape of my life. I can be a role model for my kids. I can, you know, be strong. I can be athletic because anyone in a moment can create that decision where we can decide to move towards the best version of ourselves. But you have to have, one, the initial goal that excites you, two, create that, okay, I'm going to break this down into simple, manageable steps. And then we have to go, even if, I'm not motivated. I need to understand how discipline comes in to play. So I will still get the job done even when I don't want to do it. And I think when we look at it, it's like amateurs rely on motivation. Athletes rely on discipline. And we don't want to be the amateur version of ourselves, right? We want to be the athlete version of ourselves. You have one life. Okay, you don't want to play your life as an amateur. You want to play your life as if you're an athlete, the athlete version of you. And I think that is one of the biggest things. And I will talk about a little bit about motivation today as well. But I think this one thing is I'm going to talk about the motivation equation in a second when we get into it. But what do you think about motivation as far as people needing it or relying on it with their goal setting, Jace? Well, motivation to me is a bit of a myth, right? If 
you don't need to be motivated to do something that's important to you. Mm. But the problem is that people have people never and have never related the little things that they do in fitness, whether it's the uh, meal prep, the tracking, the planning, the training sessions. A lot of times they just see them as an isolated event or an isolated incident, right? And if they're not jacked by the end of the week, they're like, oh, these workouts don't work. Um, it's like they want to see meaningful progress in that such a short period of time. And they've kind of been misled by the fitness industry, but I'll get into that later. The issue is that they don't value the actions that they're taking. They don't relate them to the bigger picture and more importantly, the bigger why behind the bigger picture, right? To be able to set that example for your kids, to be able to live long enough to see grandkids. Because if you keep going the way you're going, some people, you know, they're going to die early of things like heart disease and cancer and things that are preventable by reducing the amount of body fat we have and increasing our fitness and our muscle mass and all these things and eating better food, all these things that we know help improve our longevity and help improve our life but we just don't do because we don't relate every little activity back to that big picture so if you're relying on motivation then you're not remembering that hey every workout and every meal that i'm eating every workout that i'm doing is taking me either one step closer to that ideal version of myself which has all of these benefits or it's taking me one step closer to that unideal version of myself the one that is lazy and on the couch and can't bend down and run after his kids and can't take them to the park and you know all of that other stuff so it's either going towards an extreme positive or an extreme negative, and you don't need motivation to do that. For as most dads will probably tell you, it's like fuck doing this for my kids. Those are the biggest reasons why we'll tend to be doing this stuff to set an example, to to be the best version of ourselves, to live the longest that we can, to see the most of life. Um, but if you don't have that, if you're just like a workout's a workout, then yeah, no shit, you're not going to be motivated to do burpees for the sake of doing burpees. No one wants to fucking do burpees for the sake of burpees, right? No one wants to run for the sake of running unless you Trav. Yeah, exactly. But I think if you look at it, like so many people, as you, as a new parent, um, you know, you already have that sense of feeling. As soon as your baby's born, it's like, I'll die. I'll die for my children. Like if a car's coming, I'll step in front of that car and I'll, I'll end my life to keep my children alive. Like every single parent out there knows that, you know, their life is more important than ours and I would die for my kids. But the problem is, it's like, if you're willing to die for your kids, why aren't you willing to live for them? I think this is the biggest problem. It's like, well, what do we mean? Well, I am living. I so, well, are you living your best self? Like, are you the healthiest version of you? Are you the most energetic version of you? Are, the, are you the one that you know, will step up and play on the weekends with your kids? Or are you sitting on the couch because you don't have any energy anymore? Are you being the role model for them, which you are healthy? You're having healthy nutrition. You're moving because, you know, they don't listen to what you say. They listen to what you do. Are you starting a diet and then giving up and showing them that it's okay to quit when things get hard? Or are you showing them grit and discipline? Because... You are a role model, okay, whether you like it or not. And I know most of us want to be the role model that our kids look up to. We want to be the heroic dad. We want to be, we don't want them to look up to superheroes. I, I want my kids to look up to me. It's like, dad's strong, dad's fit. I want to run with dad. Like, that's, that's what I want anyway. I want my kids to look up to me and not look up to anyone else as far as that healthy version and inspiration in their life that they can achieve anything. I think when we look at hedonic adaptation with goal setting versus the intrinsic adaptation with goal setting, if we go, oh, I just want to get abs, it's like how many times in your life have you said you wanted to get abs and you never achieved that goal? Because it's not pulling you further enough forward. The goal is just not, it's not a pull, there's not enough pull over here when there's a weight motivation, when you're 30 kilos of weight and you're like, oh shit, I need to do something about it. What happens is like, okay, you might have got, I want to get ass, but you lose the first 10 or 15 kilos and then you get complacent. You're like, I'm not in pain anymore. 
I'm not all the way at pleasure, but I'm not in pain. And this is when the most people actually slip back. They put the next 10 to 15 or 20 kilos back on because they've got enough out of pain where they don't feel it anymore. They haven't got all the way to pleasure, but they don't feel like, oh, I'm completely shit. And then they slip back when in reality we go, no, we want to be having, rather than going for abs, we want to have this intrinsic motivation. I don't train today because of the fact it helps me get abs. I train today because I'm a role model for my kids because I do the hard stuff. I do the stuff that makes me feel good. I do, I train because it gives me energy. I eat healthy because I'm not groggy the next day. And that's what living for your kids is. That's what truly living is showing them that there is a way of living life that is not drunk every single weekend and you have an abundance of energy. And even if you went for a workout, you still have more energy to go play with them on the weekend. Like I think sharing this passion of health and fitness, you know, with society being so overweight or obese being, you know, over that sort of 62%, I think it's like 80% of um, males who are 45 uh, or over are overweight or obese in Australia, which is a pretty crazy stat. Then we look at it, the, the, there's such a high percentage with overweight parents to overweight kids, and there's such a high percentage of overweight kids to overweight adults. So when we look at it, I look at this. I, I want to be healthy, okay? I want to be a role model for my kids. I want them to look up to me in health, and I want to share that passion with them so I can, one, be there for their kids, but they can be the best version of them on this planet. Because I know when I'm healthy, I have more energy. When I have more energy, I'm a better dad. When I'm better, I have more energy, I'm a better worker. And I have my, my business runs better. I'm a better partner. I have more energy, whether it be in the bedroom or out of the bedroom. And you just feel fantastic as well. It's like there's all these other reasons that I just want to get out. It's like, no, I want to be the best version of me. And that's my motivation. Every single day, okay, well, the best version of you trains. The best version of you like it's not about not having the beers. You can still have a beer, but the best version of you focuses on their nutrition and the best version of you has energy, has abundance of energy. So you look after your sleep. I think if we start to push towards that intrinsic motivation, it does allow us to push forward and lean more into discipline, more into the athlete's version of you. It doesn't matter where you are on this journey. We can act as if we are that person right now. And in time we will become that. Um, I think that's the most crucial thing. Did you want to add anything to that at all, Jace? Well, when you talk about the idea of achieving a goal, right, you touched on it just then acting as if, and that's the whole purpose of a goal isn't achieving the goal, but it's becoming the person capable of achieving the goal. Mm. That's the reason why, like you're becoming the person who can get abs, right? And who does that person need to be? What does that person need to do? What qualities does that person have? Well, they're disciplined, right? They're, you know, they're motivated, they're strong, they focus on what they want. You know, there's so many different reasons why achieving these goals are important, but the biggest one is becoming the person capable of achieving the goal and all of the qualities that go along with it. It's not about the abs, right? I got abs once uh, or a couple of times now, but the first time I did, the only thing I really noticed was um, number one, I was hungry. And number two, my pull-ups were a lot easier. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was weak as shit, but that's, um, we think there's going to be this big moment of, oh my God, and, you know, this is amazing. And it's partially the, uh, partially in my opinion, the fitness industry's fault, because I know a lot of people who set out to achieve these goals and they mean really, really well, but there's just this torrent of bullshit from the industry that tells you all of these things that you have to do and you can't do. And I've been, I've been seeing these reels pop up lately of people like, I'm going to start my fitness journey. And then it's like, oh, 
vegetables are the worst thing for you. Okay, cool. I'm going to go eat meat. Meat, you can't believe you're eating meat. All right. Something, oh, seed oils, what's wrong with you? Right. All this other bullshit. It just, there's so much confusion in the industry. People don't know where to look. They don't know where to trust, but we've forgotten the real basics. We've forgotten the simple stuff that we know works. Um, the, you know, moving your body, going for a walk, eating mostly whole foods. Like it doesn't have to be perfect, but you know where to start. Most people have just given up on it because it's too confusing. So they put it in the fucker bucket. I think I completely agree with you, man. I think the biggest thing as far as achieving results is you have to know the game you're playing and then you have to learn to play the game well. I think that's, mm. that's to put it the most simplicity, you are playing the game of body transformation or fat loss. Okay, so if I'm playing this game, okay, how would I play it well? Just like you're watching a footy game, right? There's constraints, just like your life. There's rules you've got to play with. Um, your, your rules change as you age and as you have kids. So it's like, what are the rules I'm playing? How, like, how does this game play? How do I score points? Okay. And if I score points long enough, well, that's how I win the game. Consistency wins games. We get a winning streak. We change our body. We change our life. So the knowing the game as well, there's nutrition and we're not going to get into all this today, but there's nutrition. We want to hit a certain amount of calories. We're going to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. That is the principle. Okay. There is methods of achieving a calorie principle from keto to carnivore to vegan to if it fits your macros to paleo to clean eating. There's all the methods, but they, they all come under that same principle. So calorie deficit, number one, we need to train. We need to lift weights because we don't want to lose weight. We want to lose fat. So we've got to lift weights. We've got to have enough protein. We need to get our steps in because just if you're training three times a week and you're seeing you're in your ass for the other 164 hours of the week, well, that's not going to get you your transformation you're after and not going to get you losing weight or get you the healthiest, you know, have the energy that we want to look for. So we need to get some steps in. We need to be active. We need to focus on our sleep. So we need to make sure that we're getting it, you know, if we can, seven hours of sleep a night. I, I struggle with that sometimes, um, but we, I try. I try my hardest. Um, and I think, and it's also for me, because I don't um, get enough sleep a lot of the times, I track on a more in-depth level for my training, my heart rate variability. So I was like, I know that, okay, can I train harder today or not? Cause, but that's, that's for me because I, I sleep sometimes five hours, sometimes six hours, depending on the kids and depending on the workload. And I think that's what so many dads can relate to as well. Um, so mm -hmm. now we know the game. Okay. And we know that we have to start scoring points. Then if we start scoring and we've got like five points a day or four points a day, nutrition, training, steps and sleep, well, I can four score four points a day. And if I score 28 points in a week, I, I smash this week. I know that I'm going to start losing about 1% total body weight per week. And if you're 100 kilos, you lose like a kilo a week to a kilo and a half. And you keep losing that total weight, which is mainly fat mass. And we're winning the game and motivation goes up. When we have reliable and consistent results, motivation goes through the roof because you're like, hey, I'm doing this. I know how to do this. And then it's like you're just tweaking and having those iterations along the way when you're ha having the plateaus. But I think when we're looking at it, if we don't get to that real root cause, like your why, all of this doesn't mean anything. So I think mm -hmm. it's having the top of mind awareness of why am I actually doing this and writing that down and reminding of you that every single day that I am being my best self from me and my kids. And the most energetic version of me is the best one in business or work, is the best one as a parent, is the best one as a partner. So my health is the most important thing in my life. It's more important than anything because that makes allows me to show up 
as the best version of me. And if we look at, I want to have the result and I need to do the work. And I just talked about doing the work just before the steps and the sleep and the nutrition. But I think so many people go, okay, I want to have this, want to have this. And then some people actually understand, okay, I need to do the work to have the result. But there's a big breakdown. And I think that big breakdown is that root cause is the, is the B. Who do I need to be? What is the identity? Who do I need to be? That's the person who does the work consistently. It's not someone who just like eats a salad and does a training session because one salad and, and one training session doesn't get you losing weight. Neither is one burger and one day sitting on the couch watching TV doesn't make you gain 15 kilos. Who is the person with the identity? Who do I need to be is the type of person that shows up day in, day out, even when they don't want to do it and they do the work and they get the result. And this is the crucial factor. It's actually understanding who you need to be consistently and focus on that. We don't want to focus on the have. We don't really focus on the who. We need to focus on the be. And that's the key thing to identity. We need to be someone who does what they said they're going to do. Okay. If I say I'm going to work out, um, then I work out because we don't want to break that integrity with ourselves. We want to have someone who has integrity. We want to have someone who has self-respect. We want to have someone who's a role model for our kids, someone who's courageous enough to draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough and take responsibility for my life and I am going to change. And then from that, you do what you said you're going to do and you actually change. And if we can see ourselves, we live under these character traits that create an identity of fit dad, all of a sudden we see ourselves differently and we act with these character traits and we become the fit dad versus the fat dad. And I think we'll elaborate on that a little bit more in a second, but do you think that identity is one of the biggest markers that holds people back or who they are on a daily basis? Yeah, 100% because your identity determines everything, right? What is important to fat dad versus what is important to fit dad are two very different things. Same as things as behaviors, what they think they're capable of, um, you know, they're enjoying all of those kind of, all of that stuff adds up to complete what is your, like identity is a huge thing, right? How you self-identify, the self-talk that you use, how you see yourself. Like I, um, I went through a transformation where I went on a, I went on a bulk uh, without training basically it's called getting fat so i went from about 80 kilos to about 105 and when i did that i look back on photos and i cannot for the life of me remember being that big like, it, it, it's such a blur for me i'm like i cannot remember looking in the mirror and seeing that but looking back on it, i'm like oh my god i was enormous I met my wife at that weight and I was like, I do not know how you stuck it out with me. Um, she she <laughs> said, you've only gotten better with time. So you're ne <laughs> never let it blow out. So I, I, I had the identity. I wasn't associated into that identity yet because I'd gained the weight so relatively quickly. It just hadn't even clicked in my mind that that was who I was. I was still someone who was fit and who was working towards their goals. But, you know, I just had a bit of a setback and I was just in this space right now. But so then over the course of like two years, I ended up losing the 30 kilos, got back to abs in the for the first time in my life from that point. But the, I never identified with that place. Too many people identify so clearly with where they're at right now, they can't see as a way forward. They can't see a path forward because they've either never been at that kind of weight or they've never been that fit person or it's been so long that they've just forgotten who they are, right? And they've stepped into all of these new roles, these new identities or the, the idea of a dad bod, right? Mm. What the fuck is that? Everyone has everyone has their own body. If you're a if you have a body and you're a dad, you've got a dad bod, right? What that looks like is up to you. It's up to what your priorities are. And there's definitely times where throwing a pizza in the oven and ordering Uber Eats is a lot easier than cooking something homemade or even choosing the easier or the better option on Uber Eats, like a salad as opposed to you know a burger. 
there are those options available, but based on how you identify and what your priorities are, you're going to pick one or the other. So consider how have you been identifying? And as Trav's saying, how do you need to identify? Uh, what, are your, what are your dad pronouns? Is it fat or is it fit? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love that um, easy analogy of, or easy understanding of conscious awareness between fit dad and fat dad. Okay, because now we go, is this, is this something that fit dad would do or is this something that fat dad would do? And I think that's one of the most crucial things that we teach our dads that we coach that, okay, there is a certain set of behaviors that fit dad does and you want to be fit dad because fit dad has a certain set of uh, lifestyle that he has an abundance of energy. He's, he, he's there playing with his kids. He feels confident. He's happy to take his shirt off down the beach because he's not, doesn't feel, you know, has this self-conscious feeling about his body. Um, like you just feel fantastic on a daily basis. And that is what fit dad, how he feels and how he identifies. And then to have that identity, Okay, well, obviously the character trace is doing what he says he's going to do and he has that self-respect. The behaviors are he looks at his nutrition, he moves on a daily basis, he doesn't see training as a chore. I'm going to punish my body with training because I'm fat. It's like, no, you train because it's a sign of um, accomplishment and uh, like love and self-respect. It's like it's showing what your body is capable of and continue to mm. progress at lifting more, running further or getting fitter. That's like there is no better um, thing to a man to see what he's actually capable of being. I think that's such a cool mm. thing. So he has, he wants to move daily. He wants to nourish himself. He doesn't want to wake up with a hangover every single day because he needs the beers to switch off at night. Like, you know, he has these set of behaviors and because he has these set of behaviors, he has these actions that all are wrapped inside of that. And that's what fit dad, fit dad essentially, you know, deals with stress differently. Right. He'll like either go for a run or go for a walk or, you know, he'll you know, go for train or like he'll, you know, do whatever he needs to do to deal with stress. He doesn't deal with stress by eating or by getting drunk and switching off. Like that's what fat dad's actions are with dealing with stress. So fat dad's has his own identity, right? So, you know, he has his own identity with emotions. He has his own identity with actions. And obviously the outcome of those actions is the fat dad body. So. You know, when he's out and going to get something to eat because they didn't bring food, the fat dad goes towards buying a sausage roll at the local tuck shop, right? Um, if that's what it is, or he'll sit on the couch because, you know, he just feels so tired all the time. He'll press snooze on his alarm because, you know, I don't feel like training. He has constant excuses. Like fat dad is a bit more of a victim, right? He has excuses. He blames and justifies the reason he is what he is and he has this external locus of control like the world is controlling him whereas fit dad you know has ownership and responsibility for his actions and has internal locus of control he understands that i can control two things in life i can control my effort i put into a things i control my attitude okay and that's what i can really can control so i think it's there's two there's that external um external like the world is out to get me or the world is happening for me and that's the two different sort of um, thought patterns around this. I think if we look at it and we go into, we wake up in the morning, we're like, okay, alarm went off. I know I'm supposed to train today because I do what I said I'm going to do. I was going to train at 5.30 this morning. I could ask myself, what would Fat Dad do right now? Well, Fat Dad will press snooze, roll over, go back to sleep and sleep for another hour. Fit Dad gets his ass out of bed and goes and trains because he follows through with his word. All of a sudden we come in, lunchtime comes around, you know, that what we're having for food. You walk out from the office, there's two options. You know, fat dad goes one way, fit dad goes up the other way. You can ask yourself, what would fit dad do right now? And then you just act as if you're fit dad. And all of a sudden, the have, the body becomes fit dad over time with consistency. I think that is the most crucial thing. And then all of a sudden, our self-identity 
changes. I think when we're looking at this, we did talk about at the start briefly. It's like we don't want to set ourselves up for this uh, failure. So we want to set these goals just outside our comfort zone, but not so far outside our comfort zone. We like fall off the perch and we quit and we give up. We don't also want to like set these goals that are so easy that we're like, ah, that's that's too easy. I'm not even motivated to do it. It's, and you, you'll call, talk about this in flow in a second. But I think when we look at it, we need to have these goals that are outside our comfort zone. We, we have to actually show up as the best version of ourselves to achieve these goals. And I think if we can do this and we can go, well, it's going to require work. I can do this. All I need to have is that do what I said I'm going to do attitude and then I'm going to follow through. But if we do it as it's too hard and we look at, okay, I'm going to run 10 kilometers every single day and you've never run before, right? <laughs> it's like if that's too hard outside your hard basket, um, then all of a sudden you do two days, you're broken, you can't keep going, and then you, you, you knock that, notch that up as a failure and you quit. And all of a sudden, the more you quit, the more self-doubt creeps in, okay? And mm. then, you know, you, you try and lose weight, you try and lose weight. And how many times have people lost, tried to lose weight and they haven't achieved it in the past? And the more that, that happens, the more self-doubt, the more self-doubt comes. And all of a sudden, the self-doubt and self-belief are on this spectrum. And, you know, if we have this self-doubt, we drop into despair. And there's, I know a lot of people who have just given up because they have so much self-doubt over a period of time, they just give up on themselves and like, this is just who I am. And then I've identified as fat dad and they don't want to change because they don't believe they can change. But if they go, oh, I'm going to walk three kilometers a day, that might be outside your comfort zone at the moment. That could be out where you start. And that's for the next 30 days. I'm going to walk three kilometers a day. I'm going to walk five kilometers a day. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do 15 minutes in the gym every single day. That could be it. I don't like it's, it's finding your just outside comfort zone. That's enough to push you. And it's like all of a sudden, every single day you show up, there's a tick in self-confidence. There's a tick in self-belief. And you start moving from that middle part of the spectrum and you start leaning towards self-confidence. And when there is self-confidence, there is hope. And when there is hope, we can keep increasing the comfort zone. We keep expanding it. We can take it from 15 minutes in the gym to 20 minutes in the gym. All of a sudden, we've taken it to 30 minutes in the gym, like four or five times a week. We're walking seven to 10,000 steps a day. And it's not even hard because you're allowed this progressive overload of our habits and routines, ticking the self-belief, which gave you hope that I have the power within me to change my life. And if one way doesn't work, I have infinite pathways, you know, to get there. And I think that is the most crucial thing. It's having these small wins on a daily basis that add up to your self-confidence, that gives you hope that you have within your hands the power to change. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And what about um, flow, mate? You're talking my, about flow a bit. Yeah, yeah. So flow is um is exactly what you're talking about in terms of finding that kind of sweet spot of of just outside your comfort zone. It's it, it's a great book. It's by a guy called Nihai. She sent me high. So uh, try and Google that. But if you look up the book Flow, uh, you'll find it. So you'll find the name. Don't worry. But essentially, I want you to think of there being essentially like an axis, right? So on the bottom axis here, you've got skills. So basically how good you are at something, your, your capabilities. And then on the top axis, you've got your challenges, right? How hard is the activity that you're trying to do? So if you've got something that is relatively low skill, right? It doesn't require much skill from you and also relatively low challenge. It's relatively easy. You end up in a place of boredom, right? You're bored. You're doing something that's easy. That doesn't require a lot of effort and you're, you're and you're skilled in. 
if you're doing something that is, you know, that you've got no skill in and it's really high challenge, it's low skill and it's very high challenge, you're going to feel anxiety because you haven't got a lot of skills. You haven't got a lot of cap capabilities to do the activity. So you're going to feel anxious because it's really hard. And you're like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Think learning to drive a car for the first time, um, especially a manual. You've got like six different things. It's very high skills. Like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Um, no offense to the automatic drivers out there, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes on. It's a little bit more than one pedal, you know, one pedal each side. Um, then the sweet spot is something that is, you know, that you that is highly skilled. And then you also have, you know, you have a high level of challenge, a higher level of challenge and a high level of skill that's required. That's when you're feeling stretched, you're feeling challenged. So that, that flow state is going to shift as Travis was saying, it might be at the start. All right. I might not be able to do a 3k walk yet. Like I might not be able to do that every day. So I've got to have to do like 1.5k a day. And then by the end of that, I'm puffed. This is something that, um, that my dad has been chronic of in the past is when he's gotten started, he's like, all right, I'm going to go on this 5k walk first thing in the morning, getting up. I'm like, dad, you get up at 10 o'clock, you go to bed at like 11 PM. Um, you don't walk at all at the moment. And the first thing you're going to do every morning from now on is five kilometer walk there and back. It's like, he did it once or twice and he was so sore. He couldn't do it again for a week. I was like, this is that, this is what happens when you set something that's just beyond your capabilities. And then you're going to get beaten up and you're going to feel like crap. You need to find something that is in line with your current level of skills that is a, just a bit outside of your comfort zone. There's just a little bit too hard from a challenge perspective. That's basically the definition of progressive overload, right? Exactly. You get really good at an exercise. You get skilled at doing, you know, the squat or the bench press. And then, you know, you challenge yourself with it. You don't just do the same weight every single week, week in, week out. You try to up it a little bit. You try to do one more rep. You try to do, you know, two and a half kilos more every single week, right? People always poo-poo the, the little 1.25 kilo plates. But um, if you could add one of those to your lifts, you know, every week for 52 weeks, you'd be, you'd be a strong motherfucker. Exactly. And I think, I think it's, it's not being ashamed to start out small. Like one of my boys that uh, yeah. goes with me for the last, just over a year now, he's uh he started, he couldn't even go to the gym at the start, right? Like his struggle was 10,000 steps in a day. Like that was a struggle. And we, we started at sort of 8,000. We pushed it up to 10,000. Nine months later, we set a goal and I flew up and did a 10K run with him. You know, a couple, you know, a couple months later, he did like a 60Ks in a day. You know, this next month, we're doing a 50K Spartan Ultra together. So you've gone within just over a year from not even be able to do 10,000 steps to be able to do like 50 kilometer runs. And like, he's strong, he's got abs, he's lost 40 kilos. And we started with like for the first month, not even going into a gym. We focused on just mm. getting some nutrition down pat and moving more. Like every single person's game is different and how they score points is different. Like I reflect back before, you know, know the game you were playing and understand how you need to score your points to win the game. And, you know, your game will develop and evolve as we go through this and how you score points will be slightly different. But all you need to do is consistency is how games are won. We have to understand, like, the more we live as fit dad, the more likely we're going to be begin to be fit dad. So, you know, some things I like some of my guys to do sometimes is like write down a sample day, what how fat dad acts and lives. Does he press snooze? What's he eat? How's he act? Where's his energy? Does he get frustrated? What happens when he gets home? All that sort of stuff. And write out day as what fit dad would do. Okay. And then, you know, you have it, you got these, you know, this blueprint, how am I going to act? Well, I want to be this person. So I want to act as this person. It's a black and white. It's very simple. And you can also look at the standards. What are the standards I'm going to live by from now on? Okay. And it might not be, I'm going to do, you know, 10,000 standards might be, Hey, I'm going to do 6,000 steps a day as a minimum. 
right? I'm, I'm going to train three times a week as a minimum. Um, my stands, I'm going to have protein inside every single meal. That might be your stands. I'm going to have takeout once a week, okay? I'm going to delete the Uber apps off my um, Uber Eats app off my phone. It's like you have a set of standards. And again, you can have being flow and a progressive overload and the stands you place upon yourself because all it is is, you know, anything in life, having a great relationship, building an amazing business or transforming your body, it's doing the really boring shit continuously for a long time. Okay, it's, that's what it is. It's doing the acts of service for your partner. It's doing the dishes or folding the clothes or, you know, putting the bins out. It's saying I love you. It's doing it. It's like it's the small things. Like, you know, you buy flowers for your partner once a month or once on the anniversary. That's not love. Love is in the daily small acts. Building a business is in the daily conversations and the daily contribution to society to be that person that shows up for them. You know, changing your body is the daily stuff as well. It's nothing sexy. And that's the problem. The book sells sexy. Mm -hmm. The reality is sexy isn't what gets you long lasting results. Sexy is what gets you some results. And you all of a sudden you go backwards, you know, 10 steps and you have to start again. Then you have more self doubt and despair. Boring stuff mm -hmm. continuously with accountability is how your best self is uncovered. There's no, it's not a band aid. Okay. It's not a quick fix solution. Okay. There is simply a moment in time where you say, I'm taking responsibility and ownership for my life from this point on, and I'm going to set my new standards. I'm going to find people around me because iron sharpens iron. And we know that if I'm held to a higher standard, then I will live at a higher standard. So you need to find those. There's some of the five people, right? Or the crabs in a bucket we can talk about as well. So it's like, you know, if you're around all your mates are 30 kilos overweight, it's very easy for you to be 30 kilos overweight because they have a certain, certain set of standards. You hang around with them all the time. And that's the standards you are. That's, you, you, are you are your surroundings. I think it's looking at your environment as you change with this goal setting as well. Do you want to talk about that at all, Chase? Yeah, the, the biggest thing is that environment will beat willpower nine times out of 10. Every, it's so powerful, the people that you spend the time with. And if they're not supportive of you, um, you know, that's, that's one thing. Let's be honest. If someone's not supporting you, they're dragging you down with their apathy. But if they're not, it, it not even not supportive of you, some of them will be actively, you know, actively dragging you down. They'll be actively pulling you back in. Like, like you're saying, crabs in a bucket. You've got the, the, the cage where the crabs are getting all their food and they all waddle in there and they start to, you know, one of them starts to try and crawl out. They're like, no, 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 this is where the food is. We're going to just drag you back down here. All right. Come get a pizza with us. Yep. And most people won't do that on purpose. They won't do it with malicious intent, but. At the end of the day, they're doing it. You know, there's some unconscious stuff going on usually for them. They're either threatened by the fact that you're looking to make a positive change. And as a result of you shining your light, it causes them to see their own shadow. And they see their own shadow and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't like seeing this, you know, the fact that I haven't done this. And some of you who are listening to the podcast might be when you're hearing some of the stories of guys who started by doing, you know, six to 8,000 steps a day and just looking at their food, be like, fuck, that's not a sexy enough start as Travel's saying. That's not sexy enough for me. I want to get started in the gym and do all this hard stuff straight away because that's what's going to get me the results. Well, you've just heard that that's not really the way to do it. No. But if you're not willing to do it the long way and you're kind of feeling apprehension towards it, and it's like, oh, you got to kind of look in the mirror and reflect and say, why am I not feeling that motivated to do that long, hard journey? Because it is going to be a long, hard journey. It's going to be a, a lifestyle change and an identity shift. And if that, if you're like, oh, already kind of a bit antsy about that, it's like, well, you've got to reflect why that might be. Is there some insecurities that come up there? Is there some, some, some other stuff to let go of? And everyone else has their own shit. They're going to project it on you too. Some people might just have seen you fail time and time again in doing, you know, 
um, these crappy diets that don't really work because they're so temporary. They don't actually educate you and teach you what you need to know to maintain the results. And they don't want you to feel hurt. They don't want you to feel let down by doing this journey again. And then, oh, I know it's okay. You know, you can relax for it a little bit. Oh, do you really want to do this? Remember what happened last time? They're trying to help you in some way. But it's in reality, it's not helpful. So you need to get the people around you on board. You need to get them enrolled in what you're looking to do. And you need to be strong in it because if you're wishy-washy, everyone will sense it. They'll be like, oh, you're half-assing this. Let's just, you know, forget about this. Let's just go have some fun and beers. And yeah, who needs to be fit and all that kind of stuff? You know, life is for living. And living apparently means, you know, getting drunk, eating cheeseburgers and not waking exactly. up to 10 o'clock on the Saturday because you're tired. Exactly. And I think I always tell everyone with coaching and I believe with Fit Dads Club, that's what we do is we aren't the friend that you want to have. We're the friend that you need to have. Your friends might tell you, Hey man, like, no, you don't need to lose weight. You're okay. When you've just put on 15 kilos over the last couple of years, when you've had your kids and you know, your, your energy's through the floor and they're saying, no, it's okay, man. Like have another drink, have another beer, have another burger and beers and burgers are okay. So I'm not dissing that, but I'm going to be the friend instead that says, dude, like your weight's not okay right now. Like your energy is not okay. You know, your ability to play with your kids right now is not okay. Your ability to be a role model and to be that pillar for your family is not okay right now. You know, you need to step up to the plate. When you slip, I was like, no, man, like you are better than this. You know, you are better than mm -hmm. how you are currently acting. I think all of us need to have a friend rather than someone who um, pleases us and locates our mediocrity. We need to have someone that holds a mirror up into our face and shows you who you're currently being and also lets us know who you are capable of being. And that is the friend that I want to be to you. And sometimes you don't hate, you hate someone like that, but I'd rather be hated showing you and leading you. And if I need to dragging you towards being your best version of you, rather than the one sitting with you 15, 20, 30 kilos overweight going, Oh yeah, I can't go play with my kids, but I can sit down on the couch and watch another movie. It's like, I want you to be the guy who feels unstoppable. And I will like literally die trying to help my, my guys and my dads to get to their best version of them. And I think that's the type of people that you want to surround yourself with. It's like, I'm going to lose 10 kilos. And all of a sudden, four weeks later, your friend's like, no, you've lost enough. It's like, no, you've lost two kilos. You said 10. We got eight to go. Keep going. Put the burger down. Go for the walk. How can we live this inside? Oh, it's tough right now. Yep, life is tough. Let's step up. Find it within our constraints to go again. Create an iteration. Go from plan A to B to plan C. We just keep moving forward. We don't fail. You only fail when you stop. We move forward. We move forward. Sometimes it's slower. Sometimes it's faster. But we just keep failing forward till we get our result. And that's how long-term identity shifts are created where you never go back to the version of you that you don't want to be. And that's what it is. It's you want to die once, okay? Or maybe it's like a bit of macro cycling diet we talk about another day. But essentially, you die once and you never really have to die again. You never go back to the version of you that feels so bad that, you know, they don't know how they got there. I know so many people feel like that right now. But I think the biggest thing people have to understand is if nothing changes, nothing changes. And as we talked about the other day, you said it's like, you know, the true science is insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different results. So if you keep going for quick fixes and they haven't given you long-term change, why do you keep going for quick fixes? Hmm. 
That's a good, I mean, that's the question. Reflect. <laughs> why do you keep going for quick fixes? Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. Right. Oh, dude, Simple. it's sexy. It's straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> sexy, exactly. Right? It's, 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 sold, it's sold really well. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, like, unfortunately it was like, do boring stuff consistently for a long period of time is not, doesn't, there's no book called that. I, think it, would, I no. don't think it would sell very well. I think that the last thing I wanted to share today is um, a thing I got from Brian Johnson from a book he read. Um, he shared it was called, from Pierce Steele. It was called the procrastination equation. He's tweaked it to be the motivation equation because um, I did want to talk slightly about motivation, even though it's a bit finite and it goes up and down. And we should rely on the discipline. There is some stuff we can do with motivation um, to tweak it, right? So motivation, if we want high motivation, it equals value times expectancy that's our, our numerators that's at the top of the equation so we need to have really high value and really high expectancy the value we place on our goals we talked about so much already today we want to be a role model we want to have intrinsic based um value on this goal we want to you know be have high abundance of energy for our kids we want to we want to have high self-confidence we want to you know grab those abs and walk down the beach and feel confident when i showed up but that's just one of the pieces of the puzzle and we want it to be if it's just abs you're going to be like a two out of ten in, in the equation of the value but if i want to be a role model i want to truly live for my kids i want to really you know have high energy so i can be there for my partner for my work for everything that's like a 10 out of 10 and we have our value times expectancy do it do i expect to lose 20 kilos well have i done it before no okay well how do i know i can do it well how do we get you from a two to ten out of expectancy well we can interview some people who have lost 20 kilos 30 kilos ask your friends maybe we can get a trainer we can read some books um and all of a sudden every single notch they increase our expectancy we can get a coach that checks in us on every single week and make sure that they have a track record in getting results and all of a sudden we're getting up on the expectancy and also expectancy is increasing as your self-belief increases because your hope increases and we have a 10 out of 10 expectancy and that's over. Okay. So they are enumerated as a denominator. So it's over when we look at it, it's impulsivity or distraction times delay. So we need to look at all the distractions inside our life. So the distraction being the foods in the house that we snack on, we take them out. So we're not distracted. All of a sudden motivation's higher because we're not distracted by this. We might get a trainer or join a CrossFit gym or join a functional training gym or you know have some form of accountability with an online coach. And it's like, that will get you showing up. It takes away the distraction. You're not going to the gym. It could be the distraction of your mates that you get pissed every Friday night after work. Okay, that's a distraction. We don't go on Friday nights and get pissed anymore with our mates. Just for the next 84 days, 12 weeks, okay, and to, to, for me to get this goal. So we have, want to try and look at our numerators and we go, okay, where can I take distraction out? Sorry, our denominators. Then we look at delay, the delay cycle. If I go, okay, I'm going to lose five kilos in 12 months. Well, you probably do nothing. You might do something in the first week in January and all of a sudden you do nothing until December. Because, you know, we just go, ah, I forgot about that goal and we try and still achieve our goal in the last uh, month, year. In reality, if we want to take the delay cycle really short, we want to go, okay, what do I want to achieve this week? Well, I want to lose somewhere between 0.5 to 1.5% of total body weight per week in a weight loss um, goal. So if you're weighing 100 kilos, somewhere between 500 grams to 1.5 kilos, and you're tracking that, you do daily weight, you look at your weekly average that's coming down. So the delay cycle is so short, there is no time or no room for error. So that means we bring the, down the delay cycle, we bring down the distraction, we increase the value, we increase the expectancy, and we're looking at this, and this is how the motivation equation works. This is how we can be unsolved. This is how we can have high amounts of motivation. And if we can do this, we'll stay motivated. When we don't feel that, we stay disciplined because we lean into the identity, understand it's going to be fucking hard, okay? But you're either sacrificing and doing the hard stuff now, 
or you're sacrificing later and either dying early or having a really poor quality of life because everything's hard. Being overweight's hard and being fit can be hard as well. But I would choose the hard that is fit by doing the daily work rather than choosing the hard that is feeling self-conscious, unconfident, have lack of energy. But you just have to choose your hard. And that's what the essentially the motto for 2023 is, is choose the hard that serves the best version of you. At the end of the day, every day is a choice. You either choose to go down the right path, go down the left path. And if you make that choice every day consistently for the rest of your life, then you'll be there. It's as simple as it needs to be. If you don't make that choice, it's the same thing as choosing the wrong path. I completely agree, man. And I think I'll finish the episode today with a bit of a bastardized quote from James Clear, which is like, you know, every every action you take is a vote. And the vote is essentially you're taking a vote towards the version that you want to become. So every meal is a vote. Is that towards fit dad or fat dad? Every time you get up, are you choosing fat dad or fit dad? Every time like by pressing snooze or getting out of bed, every time you put off the training session or go do, do the training session, even when you don't want to, it's fat dad or fit dad. I think if we're constantly voting and every vote is a vote towards the version of us we want to become, where are you voting right now? And how are the votes stacking up? And we need to start tallying the votes towards the best version of you. And that is how your goal setting is going to be won in 2023. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share today, Jace, at all? No, I, think, I just think that as if you can, I mean, we went through a lot of different stuff today. So if you need to re-listen through back uh, and get some, get some more of the tips. But I think if you have a reliable strategy, if you have a big enough reason why you're making this change and you're committing to it being a lifestyle shift as opposed to it being a temporary, you know, 12 week, 16 week program, um, then you'll get the results and you've got to trust that you'll get there. And if you don't trust that you'll get there, then you need someone else in your corner telling you that you will get there until you trust it yourself. And then you'll make the change and then that'll be who you are, right? Those, but though, if you don't have those steps down, then just signing up to do an easy, an easy win, you know, easy wins are also easy losses. Right, they don't stick around very long. Exactly, guys. So if you want to be coached by us or go through our 16-week transformation uh, challenge, go to fit-dad.club, okay? And you can sign up and we have a chat with you and, you know, talk about where you are, where you want to go and, and where what's holding you back currently, right? Nutrition, training, motivation, whatever it is. And we can uncover those roadblocks and allow you to understand how to get through to the success. So that's fit-dad.club. And that's uh, Travis Jones signing out and Jason Barrett. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Fit Dad Club podcast.